I'm having a bad day. Be nice. You had chicken. Or you you, you had uh, fish and chips. That was the highlight of my day. Oh. You coming in and bringing me food. That was nice. That was very awesome. Cool. Oh, that's a good thing. When George... That mic is off. Okay. Remember, this mic may not work with George. You might have to sit in Scott's seat. He's not here anyways. Why don't you just sit over here? I'll just move right now. That's right. Okay. Just use Scott's headphones. Yeah. No. You suck. <laughs> then buy him better ones. You keep telling me to do it like I have money. <laughs> I know, right? Actually, I'm just going to unplug it. Are we going to mention anything about where Scott is? Away. I don't know where he is other than Nevada. Okay, there's so we're not going to have any banter in the beginning because everybody here wants to get going, so we'll just uh-huh. do that. You know my, my wine glass at home? Mm-hmm. I have good day, rough day, don't ask, just pour. We're at don't ask, just pour. It's a good thing that dinner's practically ready anyway, so not that we're worried about it. I'm full of fish and chips. Yeah, same here. That was really super good. That was a lot of food. Yeah, God, yes, it was. All yeah. I had was the fish. Yeah, next time I'll just order one and we'll split it. Yeah, and I um and Debbie tried some of it too. She's like, oh, that's so good. Well, give it a countdown. All right. Five, four, three, two, one. Hi, I am Mark Easter at Marcus Stamp Company, and you are listening to Stamp Show here today. Look at them, madam. Have you ever in your entire life seen anything so beautiful? I'm sorry, I don't know anything about stamps. This is the gentle art of philately, otherwise known as stamp collecting. Here's a pile of stamps carefully culled from swap meets and garage sales. Rufus, what are you thinking of? Oh, I was just thinking of all the years I've wasted collecting stamps. Oh, like stamp collecting. Now, that's all right. That's quite a nice hobby, that. Yes, but it's not enough. Don't you understand? I'm lonely. I'm so terribly lonely. All right, Homer. You beat those stamp Nazis with good old-fashioned American complaining. Oh, if it weren't for you, we'd be at the mercy of weekend philatelists. You know, why didn't you just say stamp collectors? Because I'm tired of dumbing myself down for you. From Spain and two from Japan I got a couple from Israel and Azerbaijan I got a plenty from Poland but none from Sudan Or from Fiji or Uzbekistan Stamp collecting happens when we dream together Happy birthday to a good friend of the show, Alan Bush Happy birthday to you Happy birthday to Happy birthday, my dear friend. Happy birthday to you. Welcome to Stamp Show here today, episode 117. I'm Cash, and every day I'm shuffling. This is Tom. He's weird. (laughs) There's no Scott, and I'm your host, Dawn. We have breaking news. A 200-pound gold coin was stolen. What? (laughs) Sure, it didn't just fall down in the cushions? You know, have they checked the cushions? (laughs) It's a $1 million coin.
coin that was issued by the Canadian Mint in 2007. It weighs 200 pounds. It's more than 20 inches in diameter. And it was taken from the Bode Museum in Berlin uh, over the weekend. <laughs> it's in the Guinness Book of World's Record because it has like a purity of 999.99 pure gold. Mm-hmm. So that's like 200 and some odd pounds of real gold. Yeah. Coin. Somebody didn't just put it in their pocket. <laughs> they that's a big, have a pocket. big pocket. That's a big pocket. <laughs> wow. I mean, I know normally we do stamp stuff, but you know, it's a coin. And holy cow, is this coin huge. I mean, 20 inch <laughs> diameter coin. Yeah, right. it looks just like a normal sort of gold coin, too. And it's got a picture of. Until you get near it. <laughs> until you get, Yeah, except that it's like as big as a small child. Oh my god. So this is on CNN News. It's all breaking news. 1 million dollars with a uh, Queen Elizabeth well, one, on the head. 1 million dollar face value. Yeah, that's true. What is Hold on, I've got a calculator here. Let's see. How, how big was it? What how many ounces? Or how 200 many? pounds. 200. You do the math. Times 16. Times, I think gold is right about 1,200. See, that's... Uh, my math is coming out wrong because that's more than a million bucks. Well, well I said it was it, a million pounds. Is It says $1 million is the face value of the coin. Yeah, the face value. That's what it actually says on it. It says $1 million. It was made uh, when gold was cheaper. <laughs> yeah, 2007. Because now it's like... Well, but they make $1 gold coins that are worth more than a dollar already. Yeah, that's true. So uh, this this coin, if it's 1200 bucks an ounce, which is actually it's low, it's actually 1250 that's $3.8 million somebody ripped off there. Yeah, good luck someone, selling that. Someone just stick it in their backpack? Oh, they won't sell it. They'll melt it. It's kind of... Once it's melted, it's gone. It's... Nobody's ever going to find that guy. Wow. Good breaking news. And the pair stamps were issued in sheet format last week. <gasps> oh, oh, exciting. Wow. <laughs> I knew that would hackle you. So yeah, we. Oh, did you see? We the, definitely don't want to go out on a high note, right? Well, the, the succulents have come out too. Yeah, let's. You you really want to peter this one out? You you want to end the show or begin the show with a showstopper? Yes. <laughs> no, have you seen it, Tom? The succulent. The succulent. I thought it was succubus. It. That's what oh, I. I wish. That would have been more interesting. No, it's a little round stamp. With like a little Succul- cactus succulent this, like, plant. Head thing. The, 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 <laughs> they can't little see round thing like Cthulhu. You, you, you yes, can't, you can't see your hand there on the. She she's flexing her hand around like that's supposed to mean. Well, that was tentacles. I thought she was talking a little round head that with was, tentacles. That would have been more interesting. No, it's it's a plant. It's just it's a little round plant. You know, it's. By the way, so, but at least the stamp is round. We were watching Simon Whistler. <laughs> That's different. And you know why people used to put their hand in, like Napoleon put his hand in his coat, and that became famous. No clue. To prevent exactly what she was doing is talking with the hands was meant. It was a vulgar means of communication, so you kept your hand in your coat so you wouldn't talk with your hands. 
So you could do this inside your jacket and nobody <laughs> yeah. could see it. That's it. <laughs> right. That was exactly what I was thinking of, too. <laughs> but... Uh, and everybody is lucky they can't see this because we'd get uh, we would not maintain our G rating. Oh no! <laughs> well, we'd have the little, air raid just little, just little birds flying around. Oh yeah. Uh huh. One finger salute. You know. Well, shall we get back to Don't this? Don't have to say anything bad. Well, well, I was I was just on my well, it was just a small rant. You know, Uh-oh. USPS. Why do you issue these stamps? They're just like a picture, white background, boring. Come on, you can do better. Well, it's also a ten cent stamp. Who uses it? But it's, all it's of them. Like Did you see the pets? Have you seen the pets? Yeah, pets suck. I know. And the car, in the trucks. They okay. They even made cute kittens. I know. Look crummy. They did. <laughs> it's like we. I mean. My, email me. My New Year's resolution is to not badmouth the stamp designs. I'm just going to say they could have done better. <sighs> I mean, I have friends who are not philatelists or collectors who say they're dumb. Your average person on the street who looks at these stamps says they're they're boring. Yeah, but they're not stamp enthusiasts. If they were stamp enthusiasts, they'd look at that pair and say, oh, the magnificence of this pair. No, they would not. What about the magnificence of the grapes? No, they would not. How about the one cent orange? No. And the succulents. I, I, I said the same thing. Succubus. Now, that would have been more interesting. Well, it's not a purple lady wearing pearls. That actually has a little bit more going for it than the, I mean, come on, the trucks. They show cool trucks, but it's just truck, white background. Well, they don't really Boring. show. They don't show trucks. They show pictures of trucks. They show pictures of trucks. I truck. would have much rather seen them actually show the truck. Like, find a cool truck and show it. Or maybe have, like, the truck and just have, like, the stamp, like, the outline of the truck. Instead yeah. of any background. Yeah. Yeah, or just, you know, or, you know, on the road, or a mountain, a tree. Or a truck full of pears and grapes. Oh, or a podcast host flipping the bird. <laughs> Something. Come on, we can do better. We can do better. I'm trying to find a picture of it, and I can't. Maybe it's for the best. (laughs) Oh, and something else I have to share. We were watching some old-time stamp videos on YouTube. (laughs) Yes, we were. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my favorite was Stamp Story 1955. Yeah, it was old black and white with the lady, and oh, her hat was just glorious. (laughs) It's like, what was that thing on her head? Oh, a hat. Okay. Yeah, it was a hat with it looked like antenna or something. I don't know. It was it was the fifties. What are you gonna do? She was a stamp collector, probably a she very was. famous stamp collector too. Mm-hmm. Although I don't have no clue who she was. Me neither. And then there was a BBC news story, why worth it on uh, stamp collecting? And I know it doesn't sound like English, but it it's the title. Yeah, why worth it on stamp collecting? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, there's that guy that looked like, just like Michael Palin. Oh, it was from 1976. And we started watching it, and we almost turned it off. And I'm so glad we didn't. I mean, it was bad, but it was bad like good mm-hmm. bad. It, it looked like a Monty <clears throat> Python clip. It really did. Because the guy looked like <laughs> My, Michael Palin, and it was like you were just waiting for, you were waiting for the punchline. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it was fun. 
Uh, they had, mm-hmm. uh, well, Boer War. They had Boer War covers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they had two Boer War covers from uh, Queen's Cape or Queen's something. Anyway, they had a English one and a Transvaal one, and they said this cover was sieging this cover. And it oh, was yeah. kind of cute. Mm-hmm. Oh, and there was the one from Gimbel's department store. Mm-hmm. That one had to do with Lund- Lindbergh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was cool because, and I never knew this, Admiral Byrd, who went to the South Pole, he tried to fly across the Atlantic, too. He 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 failed, but he he was going for that record also. Really? Tried to, cross, tried to fly across the Atlantic and then landed in Antarctica? Yeah, I know. Admiral, hijacked by penguins. Admiral Byrd tried to fly? <laughs> yes, Admiral Byrd tried to fly. <laughs> Great stuff on YouTube. Well, again, we had some competition for this day in history. On this date in March of 1794 is the birth of the U.S. Navy. Well, um, sort of. On this day, the Navy actually ordered ships. October 1775 is officially the birthday, but 1794 is when the great frigates were authorized, including the USS Constitution and the USS Constellation. Yeah, there's a lot of U.S. Constitution covers from like 1932 because it sailed around the United States. I think it was 1932. It sailed around the United States? Well, They do pull it on a trailer in a pool? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Actually, I think it went through the Panama Canal and it did like kind of sail. It it sailed up and down the two coasts. Uh, Ah. So it sailed around North America. Yes. Well, not all the way around. It sailed... Or cut Central America off. Yes. <laughs> My son has some memorabilia. It's a little um, cannon that was um, bought first. I, I don't even remember what the event was, but it, his grandfather got it in like 1940. Mm. It's kind of cool. It's heavy, too. Well, they have lots of replacement wood for, for things built with wood from the Constitution. Mm-hmm. Reconstituted wood. Yes, it's been reconstituted. Well, the uh, the Oval Office president sits at a desk that was from the lumber from uh, the Victory USS Victory, or not the USS the uh, HMS Victory. Really? Yeah. Well, that's kind of cool. Also, on this day in 1900, Parliament authorized 35 million pounds to fund the Second Boer War. Yeah, those boars, they're really feisty. There, there's a bunch of them on Catalina Island. And uh, when you go on, like, the trails, they, like, root up everything. And you, you can see them from the little tour bus that goes around up there. That's a very boring story. Yeah. Was, yeah. And that's not what we're talking about. We're talk, not talking about boars. We're talking about boars. B-O-E-R. Aren't those bears? No, that's B-E-A-R. Someone's spelling something wrong here. Uh-huh. <laughs> boer is a Dutch person, and the word boer is the Afrikaans word for farmer and not B-O-A-R, boar, which is the wild pig. Oh, okay. So it wasn't a war against pigs? No. Well, since Scott isn't here today, we will do the war because he will want to be here for any Navy discussion. The fish... The fish? <laughs> the fish boar war? The fish, the fish. The fish little, versus boars? 
little fishies, fishies. <laughs> They're swimming in her wine glass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they should be. First Boer War was fought from December 16, 1880 until March 23, 1881, and was the first clash between the British and the South African Republic Boers. The British consolidated their power over most of the colonies of South Africa in 1879 after the Zulu War. Zulu. That we, you saw Zulu with me, right? That, that was one of, of my... Of course I did. I've seen that, it twice with you. Oh, that's one of my top 10 movies of all time. I love I the movie Zulu. Battle we, of Rokes Drift. Oh, we, you made me watch that within the first two weeks of us dating. Oh, okay. Zulu Dawn, you can pass on. Zulu War, or Zulu, just Zulu. That was a great movie. Mm-hmm. Michael Caine, uh, first time movie for Michael Caine. I think it was his first movie. Yeah, it was well, his first movie. I know movie. it was his first movie. I'm not sure whether it was his first appearance. Yeah, it even, it even says on there, and introducing Michael Caine. Yeah, but w- was he in something like maybe he was on a radio show or something? He was he he appeared on uh, Pawn Stars or something. Well, his, probably his first time as top billed, as opposed no, he to didn't get, he didn't get top billing in that, not even close. Well, a lot closer than you know one of the you know the black African Zulus who got no billing whatsoever. Well, yeah, pretty much five thousand. Uh, the, the end <laughs> credits where there's like you know thousands of people and their names are too, you know tiny, tiny. You can't see them. They have to be. Have like four thousand little Zulu warriors out there that all need credit. No, those are extras. They don't get the credits. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. The British attempted to impose an unpopular system of government on the region. The Boers protested, and in December eighteen eighty, they revolted. Revolting Boers. The Second Boer War is the war that we are talking about today, and it took place from October eleventh in. 1899 to May 31st, 1902. The war was fought between the British and the Orange Free State and the Transvaal. After a protracted, hard-fought war, the two independent republics lost and were sucked into the British Empire. British Free State. You know, I, I've, I've seen the stamps of the British uh, Orange Free State forever. And, you know, I never knew that that was actually part of the Boer War. I mean, I've seen the stamps, but never that. I knew Transvaal was, but that was interesting. In all, the war had cost around 75,000 lives, of which 22,000 were British soldiers. Interestingly, 7,792 were British battle casualties. The remaining died from disease. The Boers lost 6,500 soldiers and about 25,000 civilians to disease. That's pretty ugly. Damn disease always <laughs> ruining everything. The war resulted in the creation of the Transvaal Colony, which in 1910 was incorporated into the Union of South Africa. We are incredibly lucky to have George Holshauer on the phone to discuss this time period and the stamps in it. George Holshauer here. Hey, this is Cash. Yes, how are you? Doing excellent. Uh, it's a, I have a real problem for today. Um, I started an appraisal three hours ago, and I'm in the middle of it. Oh, I'm wow. Full of albums and stocks and stuff. Okay, well, we will uh, follow up then later. 
Would you please? I, I mean, I, I certainly plan to do this, but this thing is much more time-consuming than I could possibly have imagined, and it was much more physical stuff to go through, and I'm up to my keister and alligators. <laughs> oh! <laughs> okay. So, uh, let, let me put it this way. I, I apologize profusely. Usually I'm, I'm there for you anytime you want me, but today I, I, you, you caught me in the midst of something else. Not a problem at all. Super. I appreciate it. Please be, feel free to invite me again. You got it. Take care, pals. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye-bye. That's going to be my new intro from now on. I'm up to my keister and alligators. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> well, I guess this is going to be a short podcast. Uh, except you did a whole bunch of stuff mentioning George Holshauer. Now that you're going to have yeah, to edit Yeah, that's not what we're going to do. No, uh, that's, I can, what, that's, I can, that's what post is for. I, I can edit all this down. This will be a great edit, but it'll only be like 25 minutes. Or mm-hmm. you and I can go on and we can... Do the emails. Oh, let's do emails. Oh, let's do emails. I can do emails. Yeah, I know. So I have to go to work. Oh, God. It's, oh, I, I hate work today. Oh, I hate it. hate it. Welcome to bookkeeping. I thought that was next month. No, next oh, week. Oh, no, next week. Next yeah. week. Uh, that's what, I mean. End of quarter. Oh, it's, oh. I have the same problem you do. Yeah, defecation will definitely be hitting the rotary oscillator. Mm-hmm. Without question. Up the proverbial creek without proper means of motivation. Pretty much. In a boat, B-O-A-T, buoyancy-operated um, act, buoyancy activation transport. Yeah, something like that. That's how it got its name, Boat. 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 I, I thought that. that's how we got the um, um, scuba. Isn't, no. Isn't scuba thought, an acronym? Yes. Yes. Slightly clammy underwear. Are you 12 or something? <laughs> oh, what? Self-contained underwater breathing apparatus. Yes. Radar is also an acronym. Yes, it is. Oh. Mm-hmm. But I don't know it. Me neither. But I know it's an acronym. PSE is an acronym. Well, we knew that. For professional stamp experts. Yes, it is. Mm. Every day I'm shuffling. So we get emails, so let's summon the answer squad. Our first one. Hi, SSHT team. I know, that acronym isn't... It's a good thing we're not a weather phenomenon. It would be the SSHT storm. Actually, I like that. I have two questions. They are totally unrelated. So, could you do them in two separate podcasts if you want? Nope. No. We're going to do them all in one. Yep. We don't have enough. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the first question. First question. I collect dead countries and recently acquired some stamps from Fiumi. Fum. Fum? Mm hmm. As I sorted them out for identification, I discovered that a number of the stamps had different Scott numbers and sometimes very different catalog values depending on whether the overprint was... Typographed? I know. I I tripped on my tongue. Depending on whether the overprint was typographed or hand-stamped. How do you tell the difference between typographed and hand-stamped overprints? Well, generally speaking, uh, the overprint will be sort of fuzzier and uneven. Typographing is a type of printing process, and you generally get 
a nice printing with sharp letters. Hand stamping, you generally get soft letters. Now, sometimes it's hard to tell because they will have put the hand stamp on very, very well. Generally speaking, though, there's always some sort of tell where you can see like bunching up of ink on the edges and stuff like that. It'll look like it has a slight halo, like the outside of the letters will be stronger than the inside. Um, and yes, uh, Fiume is a, not a dead country. It's a province that uh, Italy took from Austria in World War I. We were talking about World War I last week. So that's one of the uh, pieces of Italy that they got after the war. The second question, I went to the New York Stamp Show last spring and for the first time acquired a set of stamps still affixed to album pages. They have been sitting in a drawer ever since because I'm terrified that when I try to remove them from the pages, I will cause thins or some other damage. What is the proper way to remove mint hinged stamps from album pages? Do you sometimes just have to cut the tail off the hinge and accept the fact that you have a stamp with a hinge remnant? And that email is from Bob. Well, Bob, uh, I'm kind of surprised if this is the first time you you went to New York. So it sounds like you're a more advanced collector and it's the first time you've gotten stamps on an album page. But what I do is I will slit the stamp off the hinge. I'll totally slit through it so that the hinge remnant will be on the back. Then you just have to look at it and you say, is this, you know, a sort of Denison's hinge? Is it a light hinge or is it going to be a heavy hinge if it's a heavy hinge you just kind of have to leave it there if it's a light hinge what i do is i rub my stamp tongs over the top of it and it sort of breaks the gum up and then you can peel off the hinge remnant uh like i said though it's really a call it you know there's no way to answer it unless you email us a picture of the hinge which obviously isn't going to help anyway it's a case-by-case basis how about we add a little bit of this year in history Let's do that. March 31st uh, is going to be, the USPS is going to be issuing the Mississippi's 200th anniversary statehood stamp. Yeah? What's, so, what does it look like? Looks like that. You can't see my screen. It's a guitarist. <laughs> a guitar. Oh, yeah, it is. It's a hand playing a guitar. Because when you think Mississippi, you think of guitar players. Yes, you do. Yes, you I, do. Would, I would I would put that more Tennessee if I thought guitar players because but well, Mississippi's good yeah you get a lot of you know the blues you, you know you get a lot of that you, uh, well that's where Elvis was born he was born in Mississippi oh yeah I, I remember going to Graceland down there no born born he was born in Tupelo oh Mississippi but anyway, that uh, 200th anniversary stamp is going to be issued March 31st. So we actually announced something before it happened. Oh, my God. Who the hell cares? It was actually not that bad looking of a stamp. Call Guinness. Yeah. How about that? No, I'll announce something. Um, PSE is going to have a field trip to the printing museum. And I'm not sure what day it is, but it's uh, going to come up. So... Anybody out there who's in the Santa Ana area and listening, uh, drop me an email at bluepaper at gradingmatters.com. 
drop me a line at bluepaper at gradingmatters.com and I'll uh, tell you when we're heading over because we'll have a nice size group and uh, Docent will show us everything for the printing museum. There's a printing museum in Santa Ana? I, where is it? Is it in Santa Ana or Tustin? Somewhere close. No. Orange County? Somewhere in Orange County. Don's shaking her head. No, somewhere in L.A. County. Oh, it's L.A. County? Like Carson or something like that. Carson? Yeah, it's... You know what? All right. Actually, strike all of that. Let's look it up because it was a Huell Hauser. Mm-hmm. I could probably find it on YouTube. Well, I have it on my disc. I'm going to watch it. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else? Nope. Uh, it's just a question of whether we want to peter out slowly or drop off quickly. Well, I've already done the outro. So peter out slowly? I guess so. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Party rock! We would like to thank the following for information used in this podcast. George Holshauer of Colonial Stamps, Wikipedia, and YouTube. Also check out good friend of the show. Oh, hold on. Stop, stop, stop. He corrected us. There's only one S. It's not Barney's Stamps. It's Barney Stamps. He, he, no, he bought he bought the other one, so he has both. Oh, he does. Okay, yes. never mind then. I think that's what his comment said. Okay, go for it. Also, check out good friend of the show Tony Mancuso's website BarneyStamps.com on eBay. He sells 19th and 20th century stamps at auction prices. You, you, me tablet. You're you're <laughs> you're messing with me. I'm trying to read, and you're you're editing as I'm reading. There you go. I'm just going to do it all over again. Okay. Also, check out good friend of the show, Tony Mancuso's website, BarneyStamps.com, on eBay. He sells 19th and 20th century stamps at auction on eBay, with many starting as low as $1.99. We invite you to check out StampFinder.com, the Bloomberg of philately, with great information on the stamps of the world and their values. Thank you for joining us for episode 117. This has been Cash, Tom, and I'm your host, Dawn. Continue the conversation at Stamp Show here today on Facebook. You can ask us questions, see pictures of the stamps, make comments, and add to the conversation on Facebook. You can also ask the experts your stamp questions at bluepaper at gradingmatters.com. You can listen to all of our past podcasts at stampshowheretoday.com, podbean.com, iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast listening platform. And as always, keep collecting. Every day I'm shuffling. This episode of Stamp Show Here Today is brought to you by the Philatelic Book of Secrets, the book that teaches you about repurse, regums, color varieties, and much more. Get yours for $10 at www.philatelicsecrets.com today. Hello, everyone. My name is David Kugel. 
and I am one of the co-owners of Daniel F. Kelleher Auctions and Kelleher and Rogers Fine Asian Auctions. I would like to present our firm's growing list of services available to you in terms of how to go about selling a stamp collection and the steps one would take to achieve the best results for you. We provide boutique auction services to 100% of the philatelic market. All collectors with collections as little as $5,000 to collections reaching well into seven figures. We sell to more collectors than any other auction firm. Our diverse mailing list of active bidders is the world's largest. This is evidenced by higher prices realized due to collector competition and more underbidders. See for yourself at our website, www.kelleherauctions.com. We are the only American-owned international philatelic auction firm with offices in the United States, United Kingdom, and Hong Kong. We are also the publishers of the Kelleher's Collector's Connection, already one of the premier magazines in philately with a worldwide circulation. Any collector may subscribe without charge. Call, visit our website, or email us now. Let us work for you. The results will speak for themselves. And you can contact us toll-free in the United States at 877-316-2895. We are so delighted to be one of this podcast hosts today and really, really encourage you to enjoy philately, the hobby that allows one to enjoy life and live longer. Every day I'm shuffling.